12 to 1 every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup Headline Hour on Afternoons with Staffy. Right, so overnight, Jason Ryan, assistant coach, uh, did a press conference. There's some light-hearted moments, there were some reflective moments, so we've picked out the best bits we thought you'd like to hear. First question he was asked on, why did we lose to France? We really, you know, there's, there's a lot of good stuff that we showed effort-wise in that first 40. Real strong, we were right in the contest. Um, but the penalty count was... You know, that was five v three at half time and then we got another seven they got another one so the discipline and just a couple of skill execution parts of our game sort of let us down and sort of took the contest away from us but the positive side of it is we we know that I guess when we've got a full deck um, we'll be able to compete and we're right uh, confident about that also asked about what he's seen as the difference makers across the early games of the Rugby World Cup. If you look at the com- common theme, I think, themes in the first round of this World Cup, it's, uh, it's discipline, um, set-piece pressure and kicking. Um, and I think we learnt a couple of valuable lessons in all of those areas, to be honest, and it's something that we will polish up on. Um, we're in a good spot. and We know that we've got a few boys coming back um, soon and... You know, we're, we're really focused on this Namibia team and it's a it's a good contest for us that we're looking forward to. They're, they're similar to our South African type play. They're, they're a reasonably big pack, so we respect them immensely. Yeah, I, I've got an issue when um, both what Jason Ryan and Ian Foster said um, after the game that the biggest lesson learned was to play with 15 players and that's all around discipline, isn't it? I mean, we've had red cards and Will Jordan's yellow card. Um that shouldn't be a lesson that you're learning now. That That's like learning how to spell dog when you're in sixth form. You should have learned that long ago. How often does it have to happen before you learn a lesson? Um, but a number of coaches have said discipline, um, but you should have known that coming into these games. Uh, newsflash, newsflash. Uh, Jason Ryan was asked about a huge sigh of relief went around the country when Ethan Blackadder, it was announced, was on the plane over to the World Cup. Um, Jason Ryan's thoughts? Yeah, I think um, Ethan will bring, as he does, uh, a lot of energy. He gives us some good cover um, with obviously Skip being a little bit niggly covering the seven. That's, that's, that's why we sort of went with him around that six, seven. He has played a little bit of eight. Um, Really proud for him to, you know, to be able to give him the call and say he's coming over to the World Cup because I know how hard he's worked and got his body right. And I think it's a credit to probably the, you know, the Tasman medical team and and also the All Blacks um, for us, you know, understanding where he's at and he's played some good rugby and he'll be diligent. First thing he said to me was, "Can you send me the lineouts?" So he's <laughs> he uh, he loves it. He'll bring good work rate and a good bit of energy for us. One player that was analysed, um, I, I saw written quite a number of times, they felt it was his worst test match as an All Black, was Ethan De Groot, Jason Ryan Ford's coach, on his performance. Ethan is, um, he's probably one of the most determined rugby players I've ever coached. He is, um, he's immensely tough and he cares deeply. And, you know, like he, it would be unfair to point the finger at, at him solely. And, and Fiki's doing a great job um, with our scrum and getting a couple of things right. Again, you, you talk about you know Northern Hemisphere scrummaging and how they do it, and it is different. 
And But when you scrum against them, um, you get to learn from that. And we're in the position where we have learned a couple of things where we can be better off. But just building his confidence and, and just making sure that he's not taking too much to heart because he's, um, you know, he's a young fellow who's come on the scene pretty quickly. And he's come a different path than most. And, you know, we believe in him 100%. One of our big concerns as New Zealand rugby fans was what this um, back-to-back losses would do for the confidence levels, the mood and the mindset. Um, as I say, back-to-back losses, Jason Ryan. I'm definitely disappointed to lose. In fact, um, you know, we're really gutted. You know, it was a it was a test match that had been built up um, around the world. You know, what, what an opener, what an occasion. It was a privilege to be a part of. And, you know, we wanted to put in a, a better performance than we did. Um, it, it's a credit to France how they're supporting this World Cup. It's so good. It's you know full stadiums everywhere. It's tremendous. But I think um, the mood is really good. You know, it's just, you know we, we know what's in front of us now. You got to win every game. <laughs> it uh, doesn't get much clearer than that. And you know you always got to get through your pool play and then uh, box on from there. But you know the boys are in great spirits and um, we can't control. Um, what happened in the weekend, but we can control what we do moving forward and we will need to. We've seen some good games in the opening early rounds of, or early games of this Rugby World Cup. What's Jason's thoughts on how competitive this version of the World Cup will be? Yeah, it is. And then I think it's been said a couple of times it's probably going to be the closest World Cup there's been in a while. All the teams are really raising the bar. You know, Fiji unlucky last night, could have won it. What a game. Um, I thought Australia were pretty tremendous in a couple of key areas that they were working on against Georgia. And you're right, England, look, they look really good and they, they were composed and you know down a man. And um, I think the spectacles, to be fair, have been pretty good. What do you guys reckon? Yeah, everyone's nodded. <laughs> it's been some good rugby and it's a credit because the crowds are, are there. It's a late kickoff and um, it's enjoyable. It is enjoyable, it is enjoyable, but you are the Ford's coach, Jason Ryan, and he said these are lessons to be learned and there were some disappointing and some good things. So his thoughts on improving the Ford pack? This, this test match against Namibia is really important for us as a Ford pack and, and we need to build off this test match because effectively we're in a new tournament as such for where we need to be and, and what we need to get out of a Ford pack. And the boys um, are disappointing um, with that. But you've got to leave it and, and you've got to move forward. And, and I'm really confident of where we sit and where we're, where we're trending and where we, where we need to go. It's really clear for us. And um, I guess when you look at that South Africa test and also the French test, well, we're exposed in two big areas. Um, but we'll be right. Um, we've got a lot of confidence in the boys and I know that we're going to front up when we need to. And that's from now on. <laughs> There's no other way we can look at that. They will front up and they they will destroy Namibia, but that will not, for me, erase the cobwebs from the corner of the room that was the Ford's display of their last two games. Um, That's what they've got to do. They've got to go out and play Namibia, but their next meaningful contest, and I don't even think Italy, the way you dress it up, that should not be, it'll be a harder game, but it should not be a major challenge for the All Blacks. It should not, but it will be dressed up as if it is. Quarterfinal time, that'll answer my questions on, on the forwards. Um, he did mention uh, the next game, though, is Namibia. It's Saturday morning at 7 o'clock. 
and we've got live commentary of that here on SCNZ. Dan McCarty and Justin Marshall guiding you through that game. Um, there was a lot of conversation when Steve Hansen joined Eddie Jones and the Wallabies, and now he's in with the All Blacks. He just can't get his hands off being involved in rugby. Um, and in that conference, Jason Ryan, he did confirm that Hansen who's been with the Wallabies, will be around the All Blacks until Wednesday, France time. Uh, and on that day, they'll be heading to Toulouse for their second fixture. Uh, Ryan said he's arguably the greatest coach New Zealand's ever had, and it's really special to have him there. Um, he was asked if it was time for his forwards to respond after being outplayed in their last two outings. Um, I've mentioned those record defeats, the ones to the box, 35-7 at Twickenham and then the French one, um, and he said that's an honest appraisal. We have been pumped, and I agree. We know this test against Namibia is really important. As a forward pack, we need to build off it. So it'll be interesting just to hear um, post the Steve Hansen visit. Maybe I might even reach out to him and see if you will have a chat to us on Thursday and Friday about, I mean, he talked to SENZ about being in the Wallabies camp. Um, will he talk to us about being in the All Blacks camp as well? Really, um, I was surprised that I found myself saying to a mate of mine, um, last night that phoned me from Australia I thought the performance of the weekend was England um, I don't think I've ever said that about England and that was because I was critical about New Zealand's selection and strategy and lack of game plan you had to applaud England on their game plan yes they scored and what did they got 9 times 3 is 27 they got 9 3 pointers including 3 drop goals I thought George Ford was amazing uh, but do remember, Owen Farrell uh, is serving a three-week suspension, I think it is, or three-game suspension. Um, he was in the stand watching a sublime effort in the 10 jersey for England. Um, there's the big gym show. It's Jim Hamilton. He's a former Scottish lock. And Stuart Hogg, former Scottish fly half and forward, wonderful player, Stuart Hogg. They'll be missing him desperately. They talked about whether or not Owen Farrell should retain the number 10 jersey and captaincy for England for the rest of the World Cup. We're going to take a few lines on the England-Argentina game. England absolutely humperdinked Argentina out here. There's a narrative going round around whether Owen Farrell should relinquish the captaincy, let Courtney Laws take the rein and let George Ford carry on at 10. He was magnificent. One of the best performances we've seen. We did see him play like that against New Zealand in the last World Cup. But there's a lot of talk around that, Hoggy. You've played with Faz. Do you think that is even a possibility that Owen Farrell might not be captain of England now just because England beat Argentina here? Look, I think you look at you look at George Ford's performance first and foremost. He was unbelievable. Three drop goals, marshaled the boys around incredibly well. That 10 jersey for me is his. But then you've got Owen Farrell, you know, unbelievable rugby player and a great, great leader. I could see, you know, two Lange shoving out one uh, and, and playing Faz at 12. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but you can't you can't drop George Ford after his performance. But you can't not pick Owen Farrell at the same time. So there will have to be, um, you know, a little change here and there um, for him to get in. But he has to play him. He's a world class leader, a world class rugby player, and. You know, he, he has to play in any team. Why do the fans not want him then? And I say that superficially because what we've seen online, not the ego based on that, but it feels like the energy around Owen Farrell has gone. There's history around red cards, um, around the attitude of the team. I'm not saying that this is Owen Farrell. I love Owen Farrell, a huge amount of respect for him. But there is this energy around him that actually it's his time up as captain. 
George Ford, maybe because of the way that they played against Argentina, because they've been rubbish up till now, let's be honest. And maybe we're getting carried away because Argentina were really poor, but England had 14 men. Yeah, I think, look, as I said, you, you've got you to gotta pick a player like Faz. You've got to pick him just because he'll have had a massive impact on the squad and even last night, not even being on the pitch. He'll have had a huge influence during the week, the way that he talks, the way that he goes about his work. Um, as I say, I'd have him in any, any team that I played in. Yes, he, he doesn't come across as everybody's cup of tea, but that's because he's a born competitor. He's a born winner, mate. And, and that comes out in the way that he carries, um, carries himself, the way that he goes about his work. Mate, he will play. He will play. I can, I can, I can pretty much guarantee it. Oh, I can pretty much guarantee it. He was fantastic. And Farrell's played at 12 before. Uh, for England, I tend to think he'll squeeze out there because you cannot. You well, do you reward a good performance? You, you don't want to change a guy that got his opportunity and absolutely collected it. Uh, Sir Clive Woodward, we remember him. Here's his headline: England have the fear factor back after a big win over Argentina. Um, probably got a little bit more respect than what they had, but this is what he had to say. One of the things English rugby has prided itself on over the years is that no other team in the world has ever wanted to play against our national side. Come on, Clive. (laughs) There's always been a fear factor for other outfits when it came to meeting England, whatever state we were in. I include the Southern Hemisphere giants in that. There's no doubt England has lost that fear factor now. But after a remarkable win over Argentina to start the World Cup campaign, it's now back. The beauty of sport is one game can change everything. Things can turn around overnight and the George Ford-inspired victory in Marseille is a classic example of that. I've always been of the opinion that when England's big players all front up, the team will do well regardless of who's coaching them. If you can marry that with a strong head coach and a backroom team, then something special can happen. For the first time in a long, long time, since the days of Eddie Jones in the last World Cup, England's key men stood up to be counted when it really mattered. Maro Atoshe, Courtney Laws and Manu Tuilangi have all been quiet for for far too long at international level, but all three were outstanding against Argentina. They deserve plenty of praise. I woke up yesterday morning and laughed to myself when I remembered what had happened in Marseille. Not because I didn't expect England to win. I thought they would, albeit narrowly. I was smiling because of the nature of how the game played out. Newsflash, Clive Woodward. 80 minutes of rugby does not repair three years of doldrums. But it was a good performance. It was a good performance. So Clive Woodward will use his fodder for the rest of the tournament. Uh, And their next game, England's next game, is against Japan. Monday morning, 7 o'clock. Live commentary here on SNZ. Scotty, Sumo, Stevenson and Ant Strawn will bring you that. Uh, Do feel free to give us a call. 0800 150 11. We'll take your calls after the break. Um, Eddie Jones. We love Eddie Jones here. Um, Any frustrations from his first match? Oh, not really, mate. No, because again, you know, World Cup's about about taking each step, and and you look at it. If we would have planned the perfect World Cup preparation, we said at the end of the round one, we want to sit there with five points. Well, that's what we've got. Um, you know, and you look at our pack at the end of the game, we probably had I don't know thirty five caps. Yeah, you know, we've got a young team. It's another great learning experience for them. They played against eighty thousand. Uh, against France two weeks ago. Today they play in front of 75,000. Yeah, so it's a great experience for those young players and each game they'll get a little bit better and uh, we'll see the improvements as the tournament goes on. And I had to play this, but Eddie being Eddie, 
Um, Eddie, you came into this tournament not winning a game. What does just purely a win do for the confidence of the group heading forward to Fiji? And, you know, what's the mentality this week? Do you pat blokes on the back or give them rev-ups and focus on the negatives? Well, not negatives, but things you need to work on. I don't understand the question, mate. What does a win like that do for confidence with the side? Let's just start with that. Uh, we've always been confident about where we're going. You know, I've got no doubt and I just see how hard the players work and the way they come out in the start of games. You know, you don't come out in the start of games and play like that if you're lacking confidence. So I still don't understand your question, mate. <laughs> just great. And Ben Donaldson was selected at fullback, having been dropped from the Waratahs. He was still picked in the Wallabies. He was asked, it was Eddie Jones, about Ben Donaldson. Uh, no, I'm trying to pick other Randwick players, but I can't find them at the moment. No, no, he... he look, I, I think he's a really really good rugby player. I think he makes good decisions. I think he's got a reasonably high level of decision making. Um, and, and he's got a pretty sound, you know, game at 10 or 15 in terms of his kicking. So, you know, I'm not sure what the Waratahs didn't see him in him, but, uh, you know, that's their business, not mine. And he played really well and goal kicked and punted long as well. And do remember, England's next game is on Japan, against Japan on Monday, 7 o'clock in the morning. Sumo Stevenson and Amstrawn with that call for you, along with so many of the great calls on SENZ, your home for the Rugby World Cup. We'll take our last break before the news. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Uh, some of your text messages afternoon Staffy it was disgraceful to hear Jason Ryan laughing about Steve Hansen coming into the f- into the forwards against South Africa and France we were the worst in 45 years of watching test rugby I have seen from a once almighty forward pack hugely disappointing that's from Rob uh, from Matt in the last four years under Foster against the top teams were South Africa three wins and three losses England one draw France two losses Ireland three losses one win that's a 30% win rate. Awful. Unlikely we will win a quarter, semi and final with that sort of record. We will keep this going after the news. We got some magnificent take from South Africa, the wonderful Sia Khaleesi, a little bit on the Welsh as well. And David Turner, who's put out a documentary called Born to Fly, will have him at about 20 past one. Oh, so good to be in Rugby World Cup week. to one every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup Headline Hour on Afternoons with Staffy. Okay, so it's a bit more than an hour today because there's so much good stuff here. A couple of texts first of all, actually. Staff, I think Richie would be more settled in his role if he had someone he trusted outside him, such as Havili or Geordie. Did ALB do anything in that game? Because I'm pretty sure I only heard his name called twice. Once before the game? And when he was subbed, <laughs> he didn't stand. A lot of our players hardly got mentioned, to be honest. Moonga um, plays amazing for the Crusaders. Has it not occurred to anyone that Moonga really struggles trying to play Foster's game plan? Let's be honest, who wouldn't? Another fair comment. Uh, New Zealand, when we win this World Cup, you will have to get used to it like the other three World Cup winners. Sir Ian Foster. What do you get knighted if they won the World Cup? I guess the precedent's been set. Uh, Staffy, in regards to the 
five eight, first five, sorry, and Pat going backwards, and you know I always stand by Richie Moonga, and Kim will always stand by Bowden Barrett. But your logic, by your logic, does that mean we should have picked Mitch Hunt at the Highlanders? We're always going backwards. Just saying, Mikey G. Just saying, laced with a bit of criticism. I don't mind that, Mikey. Um, the Warriors game sold out. Uh, general tickets went on sale at midday, and it sold out by half past twelve. How about that? That's demand. Um, and thank you to Chris. The tiebreaker, the tiebreaker amongst pools is head to head. And if three teams are tied on the same points, then the points differential would decide the top team. Then the other two teams head to head will decide who goes through. So I don't think France will risk that. What it will mean for me is the All Blacks will try and put up telephone numbers against. Um, against Namibia and Uruguay. Um, oh, here's a big long one. Let's 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 read it. Uh, not sure what you what game you watched on Saturday. Two exclamation marks from Brent. Um, Bowden Barrett played more time at first five in the second half than Richie Maunga. Game plan on Saturday was exactly the same as the Blues during Super Fifteen. Who is the common person? We have the cattle. If in the correct, if in the correct positions, sorry, French defence knew that our second five doesn't kick, neither does our centre. We exploited their defence with jamming in for Rico to make that break. Put Bodie on the bench, use Lester as a ball runner to help out the forwards. Scott Barrett is the only ball carrier that is international top four standard. Artie is good in the last 20, but too small when the other top four teams have their best players on in the first half. Christie or Smith to start. Hurricane halfback, that's Royguard for impact. Let Bowden Barrett come on and play second-tier players or tired starters. Sick and tired of people saying Bowden Barrett was world-class first five. His highlight reel, which is magnificent, is when he switched from fullback or from broken plate. He has more skill in his little finger than Richie Moonga, but isn't a starting first five against the top 14. Richie Moonga is only playing to a game plan. And Brent, you make a good point there about playing to a game plan. The earlier caller... From Mosgiel mentioned Aaron Smith was going down the blind side all the time. I feel like that was a predetermined plan. We're going to attack the blind side, attack the blind side. And I feel like our players have been depowered to play, what do they call it? Eyes up footy. Like if the gaps are out wide, bugger the pre-game plan of attacking the blind side because that might be a perceived weakness. It wasn't working and we don't change and maybe fire it out wide. Maybe they don't have the confidence to make their own decisions. I don't know. It's all the speculation. I just don't like it. Uh, from D, why is Hanson called into this? In, oh, in. He was instrumental in this idiot coaching us. His team at the 2019 World Cup got us embarrassed. Wake up. One man can't fix it. Oh, one man can fix it. Razor Ray gets the gig he deserved in 2019 if he got the gig when he deserved it in 2019, we would be in the position. Roll on the 16th of October. Right home. We've got some great stuff out of the South African camp. Uh, Sia Khaleesi and Jacques Ninaba, the Springbok coach, just such cerebral rugby men. Sia Khaleesi was asked on how he dealt with the pressure of being the most important player in the squad and a role model to all of South Africa. Um, I don't, the thing is, I don't see myself like that. Um, for me, I try and narrow um, that to just my kids and my brother and sister. That's who I want to be a role model for. 
and um, yeah, and and that's how I, I see it, you know, because if I see myself um, as a giant, then you know it's not gonna take me anywhere. I'll get get it big headed, you know. Especially around the team, we have no ego policy, you know. Um, the team is far bigger than the individual. I'm nothing without the team, so that's really important. That's why I'm so grateful for coaches and. Especially Coach uh, Rusty and Chaco know me since I was young. Whenever my head gets a little big, they pop it for me. So some of the players too also tell me when I'm getting too big for myself. And I really enjoy that. And I think it's important, you know, everything, you as a person, you need to be a human being before anything else, you know. And, and that's how I like, try and live and carry myself. And we come from a nation where you think of we before, before I. And I think that makes it easy for me just to keep grounded. Yeah, uh, such a great leader, isn't he? Uh, Jacques Ninaba uh, was asked on what beating Scotland does for planning ahead, particularly the Irish game that is looming. Yeah, I think the first thing um, <clears throat> is maybe to go back a step to the warm-up games. And the warm-up games is warm-up games. I think we saw that with France's performance. I think we saw that with England's performance. So everybody read a lot in warm-up games, our game against New Zealand. It's got no bearing, there's no pressure. It's a warm-up game, it's to prepare you for a World Cup. So, but this is the real thing, and there is a lot of pressure in World Cup. So I think in terms of, of us, uh, this was a slippery one for us, like I mentioned before. Uh, you play number five in the world, they have the ability to knock off anyone on the day. So um, for us, it's the first step in the right direction. To get out of the pool is going to be massive. We knew that. Um, uh, and our next focus is literally Romania. Uh, we need to make sure that we, uh, we, we, we won't even think about Ireland. Uh, the only thing I will, think, will look at Ireland is obviously Romania playing against Ireland. So we won't even think about Ireland uh, in 13 days' time. It's Romania and Romania alone. And obviously then... The, the opportunities and the, the stuff that we got wrong tonight, we need to fix that uh, before we, we can go further. And in that game against Scotland, they came out after halftime and that opening 15, 20 minutes of the second half, the intensity just ramped up. Sir Khaleesi was asked how he measured intensity while he's playing and uh, whether you need to lift and when you need to lift and how you lift. Um, well, we feel in... And how we hit the hit in the scrum, how our mall is working, how hard are we getting up, how quickly are we getting off our feet, and what are we doing? Are we tackling and are we staying in the ground? Are we having second efforts? That's the kind of intensity we're talking about, you know. And I think in the first half, we, we didn't feel it, and it took long. And then when we got in in the second half, it was just a, a mental switch as a group from the first scrum. We said, we we got to bring in it's all eight. And it's just about how many times are you going to get up and do something and how many battles are you going to get involved in. That's what we get checked on. When I'm tired and I can't anymore, like today, they could see, they're like, okay, he must go now. And that's the thing about our team. You don't wait. You just give everything. And sometimes in the first half, I say, I can't anymore. And that's why in the last two games, I've taken off so early. So that's why intensity is so important. Put yourself in battles over and over again until you can't because the guy that's on the bench that's waiting to go is probably going to do it better than you when you're at 70%. Don't you just want to play for him? He's just saying 100% intensity, empty the tanks, put your hand up, get off and let the full tank come on. I just find him so inspirational. Uh, Jacques Nimera on um, 
Nineba on what he makes of the blend of attack and defence in this World Cup versus previous ones. Um, I think the key thing for us after 2019 is, and I've said it the other day, I, I think rugby has changed a little bit. Um, you must still be able to, with a defensive game and a good kicking game and a good territory game, you must be able to grind out a win. But I think if you look at where, if you look at France last night, if you look at England, they did it in a different way. But you need to be able to score points. Uh, and and I think that's the difference maybe between 20, 2019 and, and, and 2023. But this is only knockouts. Uh, this is only uh, pool stages. Uh, if you look at the history of World, of, of, of World Cups, the, the knockout stages, it, it's, uh, if you go statistically, it differs quite a lot from the knockouts. So I, I can't tell you what knockouts will look like. But if you look at the big games like European Cup final, if you look at the top 14 final, if you look at uh, the Premiership final, uh, if you look at the Japan final, which, where, where some of our players play, the, the teams that, that win those big final games, they they had the ability to score points. So I think where we could grind it out in 2019 with a, let's say, a 19-16 win against Wales in the semi-final, you might still need it in knockouts. That's why I say I'm not 100% sure what it will look at in knockout rugby. But uh, the difference for me when I look at the, the top competitions, and I know it's clubs, uh, teams tend to score points. Yes, and South Africa's next game is against Romania. That is uh, the early hours of Monday morning, 1 o'clock, and they are probably not going to have Eben Etzebeth, and even it's likely he's going to be out for 10 days with a shoulder injury. Rassi Erasmus said uh, this morning in New Zealand time um, he's doubtful for that game against Ireland. Um, he's going to go for scans, but Erasmus indicated it looks like a 10-day Injury and the last little bit of audio we've got for you today is comes from Warren Gatland, from All Black Hooker, who of course is guiding Wales, who have had a tumultuous last twelve months, uh, financial issues, results issues, played pretty well. And I don't know whether you've seen it, but there was a part in the play where George North um, gave, sorry, Dan Bigger gave George North an absolute expletive-laden spray when he should have kicked it out and he ran it and they nearly turned it over. So Warren Gatlin was asked about the spray that was given amongst the teammates. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. It's, uh, it's about making people accountable and there were times when um, I think in that first half there were opportunities for us to put the ball through the hands and shift and get the hand, balls through the hand and, and maybe a kick option as well and we kind of we used up a little bit too much space, some great turnovers, and and you know we probably weren't as clear on some of our comms or um, decision making that that we need needed to to be. So that you know that's there's nothing wrong with players in terms of challenging each other. We we want that as being part of the group, um, so that everyone is is accountable. For for me, you know peer pressure is is huge. Um, in terms of that, and we all need to take responsibility. And that, those sort of criticisms isn't about, it's not personal, it's about a, we talk about being a, a point of care. It's about the team getting better and individuals getting better because uh, we, we need to be comfortable with uh, being able to be critical. Yeah, good game from Wales. I thought really, really good game. I wasn't expecting them to be that good, so good on them as well.